Hey, listeners, welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. As always, I'm your Chuck host, your Chuck host, Peters, <laughs> or you can call me your host, Chuck Peters. Either way, you can flip those words any way you like. I am the director and the leader of Lifeway Kids, and I just love hosting the podcast. We are recording in a brand new studio at our new headquarters in Brentwood, Tennessee. And uh, today we are joined by a local friend, Taylor Johnson, who leads Next Gen Ministries at the Church of Station Hill just down the road. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be back. Taylor, We um, one of the things that you do, we've got a really good friendship uh, mm-hmm. that you have with LifeWay and with LifeWay Kids in particular. We uh, put on our VBS preview events mm-hmm. every January. We travel the country. We're here in Nashville. We go to Houston and Fort Worth, Texas. We're at Ridgecrest, North Carolina. And you have been a part of our traveling faculty now mm-hmm. for a few of those tours. Yeah, absolutely. It's a blast. I love it. So I want to find out a little bit about your experience in traveling with our team because okay. you kind of get an inside look mm-hmm. at the Lifeway VBS team from yeah. the inside out. Producer Trey is sitting over here recording us right now and and producing the podcast. He produces those events Mm -hmm. as we travel. So you've spent time on the road with Trey. One of the things that is a big part of that travel is where we eat. Yes. Right. Because everywhere we go, there are, and and different people have these different uh, preferences Mm -hmm. of what they want to have. Yeah. So as you travel, as you go to Houston or Fort Worth or North Carolina with us out at Ridgecrest, what are the places that you're looking to hit in those regions? Oh, man. That's a tough one. We eat – you're right. We eat a lot. Um, I think that's a Baptist thing. That it's is. A, it's a biblical thing. It's a biblical thing. Um, we break bread. It's we do. fellowship. <laughs> yeah, we do. Um, and man. tortillas and pizza crusts and hamburger buns. Yes. I do feel like we eat a lot of Mexican food, which is great with me. Um, I'm really bad with restaurant names. Um, man. So Mex- Mexican is your big recollection. I know Trey is a huge fan of Torchies. Yeah, Torchies Tacos. Yeah. Oh man, that place is legit. Been there. It is yes, good. It's good. Yeah, it's really good. They don't have those just everywhere. No. So you got to travel. So if you guys are in in uh, Texas, when we come to town, you might look for us and our team, and maybe Taylor <laughs> yes. hanging out eating a taco somewhere. So join us next time we travel and go out like yeah. that. So Taylor, I'm going to ask you one other question. So okay. I, I just got into this food thing. So one of the things that occasionally on the podcast is I like to ask our guests to tell us a little bit about little you. So okay. we work with kids, right? Mm-hmm. All of us. And so- when you were little, taking this food theme, did you have a favorite food when you were a kid or something that you refused to eat altogether? Yes. My favorite food was pizza, and I refused Wait, anything okay, green. Let's pause right there. Pizza <laughs> is the pizza is the Lord's food. I think it it's, was it's at the, the Last Supper. It's the perfect food, right? Yes. <laughs> Round pizza, triangle slice, square box. Yes. It all, it's got all the shapes included, mm-hmm. and it is being a guy from New Jersey – Pizza is just a wonderful delicacy. It is. So it's, good choice. It's marvelous. Yes. Did, now in that pizza, were you discerning with your pizza? Like was there a pizza place that you loved or just anything with bread, cheese, and sauce? Anything bread, cheese, and sauce. I mean, honestly, my my earliest memories of pizza was cafeteria pizza, which is not a which good is representation. Like white Wonder Bread with ketchup <laughs> yeah. and uh <laughs> Yes. It's not good. 
It's not good. Public school pizza had to be the worst pizza It was pizza the in worst of all time. I don't even know it actually classifies as pizza. Um, but at, as a six, seven-year-old kid, I looked forward to Wednesdays. Of course, whatever day Wednesdays of the week was. Wednesdays was pizza day. Yeah. Pizza and 2% milk in a carton. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I would, do they still have that pizza in schools? Yes, they do. Do they? They do, yeah. Every once in a while when I'll go and visit some of our kids at you know, lunchroom or something like that, every once in a while they'll have that cafeteria like room pizza. pizza. And, and, and when you get to, to get to go to visit, do you still like that pizza? Oh, or no. I don't eat it. Discerning no, no. adult tastes. No, no. I'll wait and eat my lunch after I leave. Um, I'm not eating that cardboard, uh, that cardboard pizza. All right, and you said <laughs> nothing green when you were a kid. Yes. So you were not a vegetable. Were no. you scraping them off to, for the dog on the floor? What did you do with your Brussels sprouts and broccoli? Oh, I hated vegetables. I still don't love vegetables. Um, I'm I'm kind of a, a carnivore. Um, but yeah, I can eat vegetables now. I'm not a salad guy. I just, you know, if it's green, I kind of leave it alone. Wow. So- so when you when I think of green and food and this in kids in mm-hmm. gross things, do you remember a few years ago they had green ketchup? Yes. So that was that had to be the worst thing in the world. I never tried it, mm-hmm. but there was just something wrong about squirting green on your plate. It can't of do red. it. It can't do it. It's like guacamole. It can't do it. The color alone messes it up. So the red vegetable in tomato, mm-hmm. or is it a fruit? Because there's fruit. seeds inside. It's a fruit yes. that eats like a vegetable. Yes. And that goes into both ketchup and pasta sauce <laughs> and spaghetti sauce and pizza sauce. All the good yeah. things come from tomatoes. So, okay. So, we're going to go with the tomato as okay. the favorite <laughs> fruit and or vegetable. It's great. Awesome. Good. Well, as we talk about eating and sitting around the table, this is going to be my big segue. Ready? Okay. That's something that we regularly do, hopefully, at least on some occasion, with our families. Yep. And as families gather around tables, it's good for us to figure out how we can encourage parents to be intentional about some of that conversation, mm-hmm. at least for 30 seconds. Yeah. And so we're going to talk today about an idea that you have about intentional discipleship in 30 seconds. Yep. A lot of us as parents uh, and as leaders who influence parents, parents can be intimidated by yep. this idea of discipling their kids, uh, having meaningful conversations around biblical truths and concepts mm-hmm. is something that a lot of parents don't feel qualified for, yep. they're intimidated by, and they don't have to be, right? We, we can make that easier by taking some pressure off of that. And so yeah. let's talk about this idea, first of all, of parents having those conversations, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not just outsourcing discipleship to the church. Mm-hmm. And then how can we help parents do that? So yeah. let's talk about the importance of those conversations happening in the home throughout mm-hmm. the week, or as you talk about, just looking for intentional opportunities everywhere. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, you know, the this idea for this, for this conversation, you know, is, um, is really centered around you know, the great Shema, Deuteronomy 6, yeah. um, you know, the the whole, you know, as you go mentality. And so, you know, all of us as as parents, families, we are going nonstop. You know, my wife and I were talking this morning about, you know, our kids start back to school next Wednesday. Uh, and summer is great for the kids, but I feel like as parents, summer is great for us because it's it's as busy as the summer is, mm-hmm. it's slower than the school year because it. We're, I feel like we're kind of in this rat race on a hamster wheel, um, almost like Groundhog Day. Every day, it's the same day, Monday through Friday. And so it's really crazy for us. Um, and so with that, where everybody's so is so busy, 
Uh, and with that, I feel like, you know, everybody, the world is moving. It seems like the world is moving faster than it ever has yeah, before. Families is. have less time together than they've ever had. Uh, and there's a big difference between actually being with your kids and being around your kids. Um, and so I think the idea for this is based on Deuteronomy 6, that as you go, as you're in the car, as you're in, as you're sitting at the ball field, as you're sitting at the gym, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, around the dinner table in the car is to look for these intentional moments to point your kids to Christ. And so a lot of those, a lot of these opportunities that I'm referring to are the seemingly mundane moments where you're sitting in the carpool line waiting to pick up your kid or you're walking in the grocery store buying the groceries for the week. There are, there are ways to utilize those seemingly mundane, ordinary moments to make them kingdom focused moments to, you know, even if it's a 10 second, Hey, you see the waves on the beach? Do you remember the story of the wind and the waves when the disciples were afraid? Mm-hmm. I mean, just looking for looking for things that that are presented before us and using them as as a catalyst to say, "Hey, how can how can I use this as a parent, you know, to uh to point our kids to Jesus in this 22nd, 32nd, 62nd moment um as we're doing all the crazy things that we're doing as a family because we know we live in this, you know, the Amazon Prime world. Everything mm-hmm. is fast, everything's moving yep. nonstop. And so how can we in the midst of all the craziness, how can we how can we be intentional to disciple our kids in those short moments? Yeah. So let's back up just a moment before we get back into the short moments, because I think when we talk about mm-hmm. parents discipling their own kids at home, that set, as we mentioned, that can feel big and yes. intimidating and scary for mm-hmm. parents who feel underqualified or don't know how to answer every question. Yeah. And in a lot of times that what we picture is, uh, as you and I were talking before we started recording, that when people think of family discipleship or discipleship at home, we envision the whole family sitting around the big mm-hmm. dinner table and there's a fancy meal. It's a special <laughs> meal. Everybody has their Bible open uh, and, and there's a study that we're doing together. <laughs> you know, mom or dad is reading a passage and asking questions and kids are raising their hands yes. to answer. And, and it, 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 discipleship at home doesn't have to be that way. And in right. fact, as we look at the model of Deuteronomy 6, in the Shema, it doesn't say sit around your table and have an intentional Bible study, although that's yeah. a wonderful thing to do. Mm-hmm. And if you're ready, equipped to do that, you should. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is about opportunities, teachable moments, yeah. the talk about these things when you lie down, when you rise up, as you walk along the road, and yes. as you go on your way. Now, back then in that culture, parents and children spent most of their time together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they were going together already. And mm-hmm. so discipleship is walking together and talking together. It's not yep. just walking together or just talking together. It's both. It's uh, We're yes. going, we're moving, and we're together. And these conversations are a natural overflow. Mm-hmm. We have much less time with our kids now. Yes. We know as ministry leaders, there's, uh, I think, what is it, 168 mm-hmm. hours in a week, and we have maybe one or two hours of time at church, which mm-hmm. is not nearly enough time right. for the church to carry that. Mm-hmm. We have maybe not a whole lot more intentional family time during the week, but it is more than that. Yep. And so for parents to be equipped and aware of having Looking for those teachable moments mm-hmm. is really a great thing for us as ministry leaders to be uh, to be about. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and it's you know, I, I several years ago, you know, I, I mentioned our kids are young. Our oldest is eight. Our middle, our daughter, she's going to turn seven in about a month, and our youngest turns to actually two today. All right. Um, and so our kids are young, but several years ago, I posted a video 
time lapse video of our family doing our devotion on the couch. And I wanted to show it because our family devotion is crazy. Oh. It looks like a circus. Our kids are jumping up and down on the couch. They're literally running around the couch in a circle. Um, and I did that because I wanted, I was hoping that it would be an encouragement to families whose devotion, family devotion looks the same. Because I feel like you said, I feel like, I think people will have this, this, this picture, especially for pastors and ministers. I bet their family devotion looks like a seminary class where everybody's got their Bible and their, you know, right. their comment, notes. commentary is yeah. open, you know, <laughs> asking questions, no distractions. And it's just not reality. Yeah. Even if your kids aren't young, teenagers are distracted too with their phones and all the other things they have competing. And so I posted that in hopes that it would be an encouragement to know, like, it's not going to be organized all the time. They're not always going to pay attention. But even in those moments when, you know, as a parent, you kind of want to pull your hair out because you're like, they're not listening. Yeah. They are. Yeah. They actually are. And they're taking they're taking little nuggets away. And so over time, whether, you know, they're sitting still and they're listening and they're participating or they're running around the couch pulling their sister's hair, which happened at our house, they're still they're still gathering those those little bitty moments here and there that over time and over years is going to build to be the strong foundation. And so that's kind of the goal. Um, and so I think it's, you know, anything that parents do is better than nothing. Yeah. That's my opinion. Well, and I, I think using food as an analogy, we started yeah. our conversation with a food <laughs> question. I think a lot of us think that discipleship needs to look like a Thanksgiving feast Yes, where we've got the turkey and it's been prepared and it's fully baked and we're mm-hmm. going to carve it up on the table and all the spread is there. Yeah. When in reality, what works best for kids is more like chicken nuggets, 100%. right? You're, you're not going to hold them all the way through that feast. Mm-hmm. But if we can, kids love nuggets, yeah. right? And if we can <laughs> give them little nuggets throughout the day, mm-hmm. you can get full on nuggets, yeah, right? That's true. So as we talk about that, what are some good nuggets that mm-hmm. we might look to share? I think obviously, I mean, anytime pointing kids directly to to Jesus, to the gospel, but I think some of the things that I, I try to encourage our families at church to do, I try to I try to model. I model it imperfectly, um, but try to model is one of the easiest ways I feel like to one of those nuggets to to give and share is by modeling grace. Mm-hmm. Because as a parent, there's a lot of grace to be given. Yeah, because <laughs> kids are always messing up, making mistakes, saying things they're not supposed to say. And so, I think modeling grace, showing grace, and then in that grace, saying. You know, I've said this to my son just a few days ago. You know, he was acting just like a eight-year-old acts. Um, and I sat down with him and I said, son, like the thing about grace is that it's never deserved and it can be earned. That's what makes it so incredible. And then I had that opportunity to, to twist that and say, which is exactly what the grace of Jesus is for us. We don't yeah. deserve salvation. We don't deserve for forgiveness, nor can we earn those things. But in the same way that God gives us grace through his son, Jesus, I'm going to display the same grace to you as your dad, because yes, there may be consequences for our actions, but there's also grace and mercy and forgiveness uh, and use those as teachable moments. And so not just in discipline, um, but just again, in the car, on the road, whatever, whatever you're doing with your kid, looking for those, those tangible things to help kids to see, like I was mentioning, you know, w- with our family, when an ambulance goes by with the lights on or a fire truck, you know, take the moment and say, Hey, we're going to take a moment to pray. We don't know what's going on with that situation, but God does. Yes. And just, and just voice a, a 20 second prayer for that family. Um, you know, when, um, you know, we're in the grocery store, uh, and you see, you know, you see fresh fruit, you can use that moment, you know, say, Hey, do you remember, you know, who created, who made lettuce? 
Where does it come from? That's a God. God did that. God created everything. And so there's even green things. Unfortunately, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> yes. I, was, I appreciate all of God's creation, but I don't have to eat it all. So, <laughs> so, um, so all that to say, I think, you know, just modeling it for our kids, um, kids seeing that model at home as a parent in our marriages. Um, and as we, and as we live that out as adults, that's one of the easiest ways that kids can take it away because I think, you know, it's one thing for us to say it. It's another thing for us to live it and show it and model it for, for our sure, kids. For sure. And kids see right through our talk. Yes. If we, it's not enough to say it, we have to display it. Mm-hmm. It's not enough to talk it. We have to walk it. Right? right. And so our kids can tell the difference. They watch us so closely. Oh, yeah. If we say one thing and do something different, they will know. Mm-hmm. And some of them will call us out on that, right? Yeah. That's good for us as parents Absolutely. to know that our whole lives are a testimony mm-hmm. to us living out our faith for them. I love the idea that that what you just demonstrated is you took a, a situation with uh, lights on an ambulance or with a vegetable in the grocery store, mm-hmm. and you can turn that into a 30-second yeah insight, Mm -hmm. a nugget Mm -hmm. that would say, hey, this reminds us that God made everything. This reminds us that God cares for us, Mm -hmm. uh, that God is our healer and protector. Mm -hmm. And so we can use any moment, and this is where we need to encourage parents, right? Yes. In those moments where we are coaching kids in their responses to situations, Mm -hmm. in their thoughts and thought processes, in their feelings, in their friendships, mm-hmm. modeling things like forgiveness and talking to them about those kind of values. Yeah. Uh, we can do that for one another because because God's done that for us. Absolutely. None of those is a sermon. None, None of those is a, uh, a Bible study as mm-hmm. such. But all of these things are taking the, the truth of God's word mm-hmm. and who he is and of our relationship with him and showing them that this is not a relationship with God is not isolated to what we do at church. Yes. Right. It, it's something that permeates every part of life. Mm-hmm. And I think for a lot of kids and in, and in many families, there is a discrepancy between what we do in that hour or two that we're at church on Sunday and what mm-hmm. the rest of our life looks like and how we function. Yep. And so for parents to just use very simple opportunities to impress the the truth of the biblical worldview mm-hmm. on the world yes. as we go. Mm-hmm. So valuable. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, one of the things that we really try to focus on uh, in Next Gen Ministries is helping our families understand that, you know, our role as a church is not to replace, you know, your your role as the primary disciples in the home. But we do want to partner with you, come alongside you, equip and encourage uh and encourage you in that, in that, in that process. Um, but the goal is that through that hour or two hours that they are at church, in addition to those Bible studies that they do have around the kitchen table, also in addition to those little 30-second nuggets of, those of micro just, moments. Yeah, those yeah. micro moments of just biblical truth that all building all those together, obviously, in addition to the work of the Holy Spirit yeah. in those moments is going to be is going to build lifelong fruit uh, in the lives of those children. And those families and the parents, you know, you're growing as you're discipling your own child. And so, and through that, it's revealing your own imperfections. You know, I'm all the time, you know, getting on to my kids for whatever behavior. And I'm like, gosh, I'm guilty 
you know. Yeah. Um, and so through that, God's revealing His truths to me as I'm revealing those truths to our kids. So uh, I think it's just really good, uh, really good, helpful uh, insight for for parents to just to be reminded, like you said, that it's not a Thanksgiving meal. It can be chicken nuggets, yeah. you know. Uh, and so I think it's good. So from a practical point of view, for the for uh, our listeners are primarily ministry leaders. Yeah. Uh, many of us are parents, but not all of our listeners. How, what is it we can do, or what are some simple things that we might be able to do to help encourage and equip? families to have these conversations, since it is a step removed Mm -hmm. from uh, our direct influence, how might we have some influence and give some encouragement to the families in our churches? Yeah, I would, I would say, you know, look for, you know, some, one of the things that, that we're trying to do at our church is we're trying to pull some families together and say, what are, what are some things that, that we could resource you with that would be helpful for you and trying to build some of those resources. I know Lifeway has some resources. Um, one of the things that that we do is not necessarily kind of a, a micro, you know, moment um, type thing, but, you know, one of the things that we give to our kids um, is the Life of Jesus book. Um, we really have had really good success with that. So there's there's a lot of good resources that Lifeway has that uh, to to push out. Um but I think anything like, you know, a 30-day prayer guide like like our preschool minister uh, Amy Keys put together a 30-day uh there's literally just one sentence prayer. So there's one for every day of the month for your child just to speak over and pray over for your child. So I think anything that we can do like that is going to help shape that that perspective and that mindset to be thinking through everything that we do and everything that we say in our busy lives to be looking at how can I take this moment that's seemingly mundane and irrelevant yeah. and make it a kingdom gospel conversation? Yeah. And we have those 30-second moments with parents. Yes. So when parents drop off and pick up their kids, mm-hmm. we have that really brief moment when we might say, hey, how do you, how you doing? Good to see you. We can use that brief moment to say, hey, here's a here's a little uh, t- a card or, a, or something that might yeah. give you three or four questions to talk about this mm-hmm. week or a couple opportunities to look for. Yeah. Many of us have either email or text distribution mm-hmm. lists for communication. We can use those points of contact to, to offer parents some suggestions or some quick tips yeah. on how they might connect with their kids. And mm-hmm. certainly it, having a regular parent meeting of some kind where mm-hmm. we pull parents together and we can equip them then with yeah. some resources mm-hmm. are all great ways that we might look to speak to moms and dads, not just to kids. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Parents are where it's at. And so connecting with them and, and encouraging them, like you said earlier, a lot of parents, they know that they're the primary disciples, but they feel under-equipped to do it. And so I think anything we can do to come alongside them, to encourage them in that process and remind them of the nugget conversations, the the micro conversations, that those do make a difference. And you don't have to have a seminary degree. Yeah. You don't have to have a stack of commentaries or a deep understanding of scripture. Because we have some some families that the parents are new, are relatively new believers. Yeah. And so they do feel um they do feel ill-equipped or um just not ready to point their kids to Jesus because they're afraid that I'm going to say the wrong thing or point them down the wrong road. And so anything you can do like what you're saying through through social media posts, through email, through a text thread, anything you can physically put in their hand and say, hey, here are four questions that you can ask your kids this week based yeah. on what we learned at church or based on some scripture. So I think anything we can do, just put in their hands is going to equip them for those for those conversations. Yeah. And a, a last word that I might give you listeners by way of encouragement, it can be really easy for us to unintentionally 
I'm going to say it that way because I assume it's unintentional for us to make parents feel guilty Mm -hmm. or bad if they're not doing this well. And instead, I want to encourage all of us to take a different posture, uh, to be encouragers, Mm -hmm. uh, to knowing that parents do feel ill-equipped. They don't need us to say, you should be doing this. And if you're not doing (laughs) this, then you're failing. They feel that already. What they need from us is for us to come alongside and say, listen, we want to help you. Mm -hmm. Uh, How can we encourage you come alongside you? Really, that's the role of what we should be doing in Mm -hmm. ministry is partnering well to set families up for success. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Taylor, thank you for being here. Yeah, so great to have you back. Uh, listeners, this week, if you eat green vegetables or not, uh, <laughs> I want you to consider coming to town so you can connect with Taylor and see if he's eating green vegetables or not. We oh, have right. our Etch Family Ministry Conference coming up here in Nashville, just south of town, October 9th, 10th, and 11th. You can get details at etchconference.com. That's etchconference.com. Our theme this year is next, and we are talking about how we can equip the next generation to walk with Jesus. So we want to invite you to come. Uh, Registration is open now. Details there at etchconference.com. We have lowered ticket prices. We have free parking. We want to make it easy for you to come back to Etch, to spend time with us and connect with us relationally, to meet other uh, leaders and thought uh, influencers like Taylor, who is going to be leading a breakout session, by the way, on this very topic of how to have intentional discipleship in 30 seconds. So So come to town. We would love to have you at Etch this October 9th, 10th, and 11th at Brentwood Baptist Church, just south of Nashville. Check that out at etchconference.com. Did I say that yet? I think I I did. Hey, listeners, thank you for listening. We'll see you back again soon for another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. 